Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels, the art and culture of running a record label. I'm your host, Scott Orr. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. It's been a little bit of a while since our last episode, if you've been following along in real time. And there's been a reason for that. Of course, it's been the summer, so taking a break has been nice. But during these past few months, I've been working on two things. Number one has been pre-recording um, a bunch of episodes so we won't ever have to take a break like that again. Um, and there's some really cool episodes that I'm excited for you to hear. And the second thing is that I've been taking some time to go back over the previous episodes and remembering some of that wisdom that these label owners and managers have shared and typing these, typing this up and, and creating a little booklet um, that I'm calling a free guide for indie record labels, which was uh, just a way to kind of remember what was said and to share some of this for any of the folks who are listening who run their own record label or maybe are a DIY artist and are interested in starting their own label. There's some really helpful tips in here. So here's how you get it. You go to otherrecordlabels.com. That's otherrecordlabels.com. And there's a link right there to download this free guide that I think you'll find really helpful. And there's tips from Bayonet Records, Asthmatic Kitty Records, Sub Pop, Tiny Engines, Forged Artifacts, so many great labels uh, covering so many different topics and genres. And I think you'll find this really helpful. So please check it out. Go to otherrecordlabels.com. The other thing I'd like you to do um, is please leave a review and uh, on iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, and that really helps us as well. Um, and uh, it's a it's a really cool thing to hear some of the comments coming back about the show, um, and to um, and to to read some of the reviews which I I did over the summer as well. So thanks so much for that. I'm really excited today um, because, and, and I know I've maybe said this a few times, but today's label, um, we talk with Farbod and Bobby of Geographic North Records. It's just Geographic North. I have loved this label for so long, and I really gush all over these guys um, for uh, for a, a good hour, so I apologize for that. But I just am so thrilled that we were able to finally connect and do this episode these are the coolest guys. It's probably one of the first times I've done a, a two-person interview uh, with two guests, and uh, we just had so much fun chatting about their strategy and their aesthetic. While we're talking, I really want you to go to geographicnorth.com, and I think it's geographic with a dash, so geographic-north.com, and you can also check them out on Bandcamp, which is just geographicnorth-bandcamp.com, no so geographic-north.com or geographic.bandcamp.com um, because we're talking a lot about the visual side of, of running a record label. And these guys have a phenomenal aesthetic and, and have some incredible graphic design uh, attached with their releases on top of great music. So check out those links as we're talking. And I really hope you in, enjoy this interview. When, when I, uh, when I interviewed um, Asthmatic Kitty, I, we said the word Sufian Stevens like maybe a million <laughs> times. And like, as the episode got halfway through, I'm like, I've been saying it Sufian for maybe 20 years. And yeah. like, I, have I got it right? I think I've got it right. <laughs> and then you start to doubt yourself. <laughs> yeah, you lucked out, man. I would have, I've been doing the Sufshan. Oh, yeah. I did that for a while. Okay. I, I think I did Shufshan. Uh, yeah, that would be terrible in an Sufjin? So. Yeah. Yeah. Sufjin? I, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's a huge challenge. I actually Googled your name um, and there was like a YouTube video that pronounced the, um, gave the, the pronunciation ahead of time. But it turns oh, out it's completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that was where you got the the farboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's you know the Persian accent. You kind of roll right. these these different letters, and so yeah, it, it's farboot. Hello, delusion. When you, when, no, go ahead. You got us. Um, it's it, it's farboot when uh, my parents say it, but you know for, for the general population, it, it's okay. farbod. So okay, yeah, farbod. That's cool. Okay. It's great. Thank you. Um, no, whatever. So listen, this is so exciting. We're just going to, we're going to roll right into it because I have so much to do. And listen, fellas, if you guys are uncomfortable with, with being praised and admired, then this is going to be a rough episode for you. And, oh, and you might want to oh, just wow. disconnect <laughs> yeah, because uh, honestly, and, and we're going to kick off the, the new season, quote unquote, with this episode, if that's cool. But I, oh, wow. I just, 
I admire you guys so much. I've loved this label for so long. And um, and it killed me that it took a year for you guys to respond to my email. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah. joking. Thank you. Yeah, I'm well, half joking. I'll just, I'll just also say, like, we have definitely been catching up on your episodes. And, you know, it's definitely an honor to be asked. You know, you haven't done every label in the world. So I think to be asked, you know, so soon and to hear the level of, of detail and care that you're putting into this, you know, it, it means a lot. So, yeah, yeah, man, I'm sorry we did not respond yeah. on that email. I think we were... <laughs> I think 100% of the time, if there's an email that's lingering, it sits in our conscience for so yes. long yes. and yeah. it just eats away at us. And then eventually a year later, we'll email you back. You know, it's always a thing. I always think uh, like I'm telling myself now to follow up because the follow-ups always work. And, yeah. but yeah. you get so defeated and you take it really personally when they don't respond to the first one. You're like, I'm not going to bother these guys. Yep. But, yeah. um, and that said, we're probably going to use this as an opportunity to kind of uh, reiterate offers that we've made to a ton of artists that we really oh, yeah. admire <laughs> and they haven't emailed us back. So um, perhaps if they hear this throughout the episode, we'll, we'll name names. They're certainly listening. I know that's, I know that Sufjan is listening right now. So, <laughs> oh, no. uh, um, you know, this is so great. And I, and I, I absolutely love the label and it was so great today to go through it again and to kind of, cause you know, I've been following along and, and we're going to really dive deep into the aesthetic, into the design, um, portion of the label. And, uh, but I've been following along and, and, and it, it always, it always feels like there's a new season with the label and that there's a, um, there's a new design look and, and you guys just always up the ante and, and um, oh, I'm just, I'm so glad to have you a part of it. This is going to be fun. Thank you. That's great. Thank you so much. I'm curious about the macro objective of, of, of Geographic North. To me anyway, it's, it's different than most labels. It feels more like a, a cross between a record label and an art gallery. Can you kind of tell me about this? What is the, 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 the overarching objective of, of the label? Oof. That's a big, big question. Um, I mean, I think, you know, having having not prepared an answer, I think, um, you know, it's very much a space for Farbot and I um, to create and collaborate together. I think, you know, Farbot is just such a strong designer. Um, he works incredibly hard at it, and he really puts a lot into trying to make something new, like maybe something he hasn't seen, not, not putting words in your mouth or anything. Um, but you know, our friendship goes back quite a long ways at this point. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just as music fans and with his creative abilities, it's just kind of a way to mash those together. Mm. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I think, I think that's a good summary. I think, yeah, the sort of need to kind of give back to counterculture, which kind of gave us so much, at, mm. you know, very vulnerable points in our lives. Um, I, you know, to be able to participate in it in any capacity, um, I think is, is really just, you know, how we appreciate the label and how we kind of look at it. Um, I mean, to be able to work with some of the artists we've worked with, um, to, to sort of contribute to their discography, to, you know, whatever, uh, from writing a bio for them to Mm. designing a sleeve or whatever it is, it's just. You know, we, we, we have a giddiness about it that we haven't gotten jaded about yet. Oh, that's and, great. You know, yeah, I, I think that's really what kind of drives us is that we're still just overly stoked when we, we finally break through and accomplish, you know, something when we finish a record or series of tapes or whatever it may be. I think we just still have um, a, a great deal of positive energy yeah. uh, radiating when those things happen. Mm. And, and that's really what drives it. And that's really kind of our goal. You're pretty careful with, with what you release. It seems very intentional. It's, it's more of a quality over quantity. I mean, what do you guys, are you, are you like two or three albums a year? Um, uh, do you think about that at all? Yeah, we do. I mean, we're, we're at capacity if we get out two records and like two tapes or three tapes. Mm. We have, we have around three more releases for the rest of the year this year. Oh, um, wow. It's a series of tapes. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's it's great. probably the most we've actually done. Um, but yeah, you know, there's just two of us and uh, our resources are what they are and, you know, the amount of hours in the day are what they are. Yeah, and, no, and for we sure. we have, 
Yeah. And as you know, you know, it's kind of like balancing life mm-hmm. and still doing this thing. And what's odd is, you know, trying to, and I want to bring up my parents here, you know, I still regularly hang out with them and talk to them about what I do. And they still kind of struggle to understand, you know, <laughs> the value in putting in whatever, eight more hours in the day yeah. after spending eight hours sure. at your day job or whatever it is. And, you know, I, I, I think um, that sort of level of uh, commitment is just something that comes from comes from a loving place. It doesn't come from a place of like, oh, we have to do this. We have to get out whatever seven, eight albums. We, we just kind of like doing it. And yeah. that's kind of been what's allowed us to put out whatever a curated amount of records in a year. Yeah. And I, I feel like especially in recent the past couple years, I'd say we've tried to limit ourselves. Like we were kind of getting, we we're kind of burning ourselves a little bit by kind of getting very excited about potential ideas and potential projects and reaching out to people. Uh, or just, you know, we would receive certain demos that would just be very exciting. And then all of a sudden our backlog is, you know, a little bit long and we're mm. starting to kind of take some time on things. So um, I think right now we're, at our healthiest in terms of like, we have an open space to kind of play with and come up with ideas. Um, but yeah, it's just, and, and it's I mean, just I trying s- to keep that under control. I saw that you guys have a, 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 like a demo policy, like you are open to uh, unsolicited demos. So it must, I mean, you must have to turn down quite a lot because if you're only doing two or three records a year and you said you're pursuing artists at the same time, are you, you're having to maybe turn down a lot? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, it's easier and easier to send your music to labels, you know what I mean? And and I know what that side is kind of like. So I I don't think I don't think we're actively turning down a lot of folks. I think just the air in general, you know, like we try to respond to as many as many people as we can. Um, But I'd say, I mean, a handful of our releases and we we haven't put out, you know, 100 releases or anything yet, but um at least a handful have been from received demos. Oh, that um, so is really So we do really listen cool. to a lot of the stuff that comes in, basically everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've gotten some very exciting, you know, folks that we were not familiar with at all um, kind of come up. One of the tapes that we're putting out later this year is by this new, or this is, this will be their second release, but this trio called Sandy. Um, and they reached out to us out of the blue. They had one tape on Night People a few years ago. And, you know... I think it took for them, I think it took a little bit of, of guts in their part. I think they were, they were always kind of shocked. I think that we listened and responded. It just Mm. isn't necessarily what we're known for. Um, It's kind of more on kind of like the electro pop kind of side of things. It's very shoegazy. It's very beautiful. Um, There's a lot of different sounds going on. Um, But yeah, it just hit us perfectly. And it is just, such a strong set of songs and you know that's just an example of of something at least recently that just came in totally out of the blue i think that's really encouraging for other artists to um for any diy artists or independent artists to hear that and i've heard that repeatedly where uh, labels have signed and released music from um, online submissions from strangers yeah i mean it's it's nice i mean it's kind of like you know, it's, it kind of goes back to the roots of it, of just people teaming up, you know, with, with no background, no, no history and just, you know, seeing what works, seeing what feels right. Mm -hmm. Um, how did the label get started? I'm really curious about like the origins of this and and when it got started. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. No, it's, um, has it always, has it always been there? It's it's always been around. Um, (laughs) no, it's such a, I think the story has now morphed a few times <laughs> since I, I, I think yeah. I originally told. But um, we both went to Georgia State University. So I think the label itself started um, with another Georgia State uh, friend of ours. Um, we all worked at the radio station, Album 88. Mm. Uh, but Farzad Mohadam, um, he was working at the radio station and I started working there as well. And we kind of connected on, you know, interest in music and interest in film and so on and so forth. And um, you know, I was studying to be a graphic designer and um, he was the music director at Album 88, the Dre State radio station. And we, we kind of, you know, 
decided, hey, this probably seems like a good sort of end to starting a record label and that he has a lot of connections and contacts to you know, whatever artists and groups that we were into at the time. And then, you know, I had somewhat of a, you know, uh, ability to design maybe some sleeves for these. And so mm-hmm. we were just trying things out at first. And then I think um, about a year into it, uh, we already knew Bobby, and, and Bobby was just the coolest dude. Oh, wow. um, he would just listen to all the right jams. <laughs> he would always be down for a hang. He would always be like interested in whatever new thing we found, and then vice versa. And it was just this like inherent love for one another. And you know, we were like, "Why don't you kind of help out on this jam too?" You know, and then the three of us now. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. Is there a different version of that, or is that the sum? No, I mean that that's really it. I think even even before they asked me to, I mean at that point it's weird to be like officially join on because it was so, you know, it was very like handmade still. Yeah, it was very mm. just like. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Oh no way! Yeah, okay. yeah, it's been documented that they joined. <laughs> but I mean, even even before that, you know, I was kind of overly eager, overly pushy to be like, hey guys, can I come over and like put some latex gloves on and like fold a bunch of like seven inch covers. Oh, yeah. and- <laughs> no, those are the those are like the defining moments of the label. We were we were putting out seven inches early on. Okay. And you know, I I think it was an antiquated format at the time too, as more so than it is now. But right. um what we were doing is like getting everything made in different different places. So we would have the vinyl manufactured and sent to us. And then I was being uh, yeah I'm it being inexperienced and not fully appreciating efficiency or anything like that. I really wanted these like elaborate uh you know metallic prints and all this other stuff on very specific paper sure and you know i i didn't know that the manufacturer could probably pull that off too so i was you know hiring <laughs> a printer in town and you know going over to the print shop and really being specific about everything a real designer guy <laughs> and stuff good. like that yeah but um we would have to put these seven inches together using latex gloves because we would get the sleeves in but they wouldn't fully be dried and they didn't have any sort of varnish or anything so if you uh, touch them, you know, you'd leave fingerprints. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. Like, you know, this is, yeah. you know, this is our imprint and this is our thing and we're, you know, DIY and all that. But yeah. we were also, you know, trying to be as pro as we can about it. And so we were wearing <laughs> these latex gloves inside Farzad's yeah. living room in, in uh, Cabbage Town and, and putting together these seven inches. And um, I think that's kind of like when you take a step back and it's like, you know, like, hey, this is a record label. Yeah. You know, I got myself a record label. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think that's that's that moment I envision when I think of Bobby joining the label. Oh, totally. It's all of us sitting f- inside a label. When was room. that? How far back? So that was like eight or nine. Oh, nine. Yeah. Oh, nine. Yeah. yeah, 2009. Wow. Wow. It's 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. That's yeah. great. It's cool. Yeah. I definitely feel lucky that like neither of us has really gotten tired like lost that passion because like we still hand assemble all the covers like everything that goes out of the door has been handled by us and assembled which is a pretty great great feeling so wow yeah that's great let's let's talk a little bit about the design and the aesthetic i mean this is my my favorite part and 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 it's my favorite thing about you guys it's my favorite aesthetic of any label and oh, like, man. no, I'm not, listen, this is not, uh, this is not the time to BS. And, and I, I said this for a long, I've, I, I've said this for a long time and I've always, I, I mentioned you guys when we did the ghostly interview Yeah. and yeah. I just, I, it's always been this way. Um, I, I finally, I mean, shipping to Canada has always been a bit of an issue, but I finally picked up the Felicia Atkinson, uh, tape, which musically and this surprised me but musically is one of my favorite records from last year it oh, was amazing. such yeah. a beautiful listen coyotes and mm-hmm. uh i oh, mean it just really it, it really hit me and and i hadn't always felt that way with with experimental music and even with with um you know more of her catalog specifically that record was so great but oh, great. i i just and, and honest but honestly but from before that i i you guys had come up at some point through Bandcamp or whatnot. I was going through your site. I was trying to figure out the first time um, uh, that I saw like what record it was. And it might've been this like clip beaks maybe. Cause uh, yeah. I remember seeing yeah. that, but I can't remember. But anyway, um, 
always just really loved it. What does design mean to you guys? I mean, I think it's obviously really important, but why is it important for you and for the record label? Um, well, first of all, thanks for grabbing that Felicia record. Yes. Um, I, I, I had to do it cool so quickly. It. I had to do it so quickly. It was sold out so fast. Yeah, no, I'm glad you got it. Um, what is design scene to the, I, well, I mean, it's part of the reason we, you know, good, good bit of it. Um, why we do this in the first place. Um, it's, it's part of a bigger conversation, you know, like how can we actually collaborate with, with, with an artist, hmm. with a musician. And, and, you know, I, I fully respect the idea that, you know, uh, an artist who delivers the music, um, may have, you know, a vision of sure. what the visual design for their album should be. And that should be 100%, you know, listened to and appreciated and absorbed and all that good stuff. Um, but I think, you know, from, from our perspective and the reason we kind of have this label is to do the pure collaboration with the artist and that, you know, you, you deliver the goods on the music and, and, and we'll kind of help um, for more, uh, better or less, you know, like create a narrative because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the time that visual art to a release is the first time you're kind of interacting with an album, even before Absolutely. you hear the tunes. Yeah. Even before you hear those tunes, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing something and, and, you know, it could, you know, be a perfect mirror uh, to reflect whatever the music is, or, it, you know, it could be totally flipping the idea of what you're about to hear or whatever it may be. And, and I think that's where we really get the thrill. Um, you know, when we get, the record like Felicia's delivered to us, you know, and it's, it's so nuanced and brilliant mm-hmm. in so many ways that it's hard to encompass that in sort of, you know, just one visual and there's no absolute there, of course. So, you know, in, in that case, that was part of a series of tapes, but we already knew which tapes we were putting out. We knew the artists, we knew the music for it. And so you take that into account and, and we tried to create something that, you know, perhaps, Felicia hasn't had on display before, even though, man, those shelter press records are yeah. just gorgeous. Oh, you know? yes. Yeah. I, she's already like, no got kidding. About a no kidding. Releases there's, that are beautiful. There's so. another label that won't return my calls. Oh, they'll do it now. <laughs> let us let us throw an email. We uh, got you, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm half joking. I'm half joking, but please, uh, please do. No, absolutely. But yeah, they're beautiful. Where, like, you know, she already had all these beautiful records. So what, what can I contribute? What can we contribute right, to this right. discography? And, and so I think we're just always trying to figure out ways to kind of add on to the legacy of these artists and to kind of help um, create, create that story for them and their records. But you know? so let, design's me, a big deal yeah, to that. let me, uh, let me interrupt you because, uh, I, I feel like you're being too kind about this whole process because, uh, or making it sound easier than it is. My biggest issue with design is, is guiding the artist. Um, you know, basically, okay. I always think I'm, tr- I feel like I'm trying to, to push the artist towards an aesthetic or towards a design that I think best suits the music. Um, which like, of course I think is best, but how do you respect them as an artist and respect their tastes? But at the same time, you might have a better understanding on design. Who's the creative director mm-hmm. in these relationships? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough one. And again, I think that's where we kind of stand firm in our yeah. vision of what we do. I, we, you know, the reason we do this is, yes, to facilitate putting out records for people, but we also do it to, again, uh, have a creative outlet for our ideas. Yes. And so yeah. whether it be these sonnet, these pieces of poetry that, you know, Bobby is kind of lacing together on these recent two releases and then the overall aesthetic of it, uh, we have a firm vision of what we want to do. And the artists we work with, I think, have a strong understanding that we drive that you know Mm. that we are that voice and a lot of times um most everyone rolls with it uh you know i can't tell if they really love something (laughs) or if they're like just like all right you know see what we do here um but you know most of the time i think the 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 reception is uh, enthusiasm and stoked to yeah have this you know version of them in the world yep yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of say, too, um, you know, it hasn't always been easy. You know, like, we've definitely, like Farbad's saying, kind of stand firm in some of these things. Um, oh, it's never been easy. I don't know when it got easy. So, well, not, not really easier, but I'll say the, 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 the longer we've been around and the more people are familiar with what we do and kind of 
our, mm. our image and aesthetic and everything. Um, you know, that's kind of an easier conversation to have or I, I, one that yes, doesn't, I doesn't that. even happen. You know, people kind of come to us and they're like, you know, I kind of, I don't know, like they want like the geographic North treatment. If I was to maybe say it kind of. Oh, simply. sure. Yeah. Um, but we all that's do. not to say we, you know, we've gotten pretty far down the line on, on a couple projects and, you know, for one reason or another, just couldn't come to an agreement. Everyone walks away amicably, but mm. that's all to say. It's not always easy, but we kind of have to do what what kind of feels right in those, it, those situations. And, and the other part, I, I appreciate you, you know, suggesting that I, I may be communicating this with a little bit more, um, <laughs> you know, whatever whimsy than yeah. there actually is behind it. Um, no, it's it's always belabored. It's always extremely difficult. Um, we, you know, we we put so much work into yeah. this, but it's also kind of. Um, I don't know. Not, not cool, in my opinion, to complain about putting an effort into creating something. You're making something, mm. and what we're making is is you know what we want to do, and that's not many people have this opportunity. Right. Right. So yes. you know, even if it is hard, you know, who cares? <laughs> You know, it's a few emails, have, yeah, it's a few awkward yeah. combos with an artist. And, and, and I love, they I, get it, man. I love that. And, and I think, you know, you know, what Bobby was saying is I think there, you have, you hit, you hit a certain point where if you come to the website and you submit your, your album for you guys to consider, you know, that, that, uh, what, you know, you know what you're going to get with geographic North and, and most likely you're going there to get that. But I, I was, I was, I remember when we, we interviewed Mute Records in the UK, I want to ask your opinion on this. And, and Mute is obviously uh, godly. They're Depeche Mode and Moby. And, yeah, and yeah. they, they, when we were talking with them, they completely leave artwork up to the artists on the basis yeah. that yep. they, they, I don't know if you heard that, but they sign these artists for their aesthetic abilities. So, so they should guide the visual side of the album. I, I, I disagree with it because I think, and, and oh, no disrespect to Mute, obviously, but I, I just just think that a great songwriter doesn't make a great designer in the same way. I don't think a great singer makes a great mix engineer or video editor. What, like, what are your thoughts on this? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, that's, that's a tough one. I guess it's, it's more like just for me recognizing that uh, what we have and what we work on is our thing. That's just kind of the decision that we made. That's not to say that it's right or wrong or anyone else. Sure. It doesn't make sense for them to do with it. Like, there's a million labels I can think of that I love. And I mean, you could, you could stand 10 of their releases, you know, out on a, on a table or something and not even guess that it's all from the same yeah, label. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing really wrong with that. That's just kind of the way they approach it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I don't know. I, get, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want to do is cool. <laughs> Daniel Miller is a guy. Yeah, I mean, so we're not going to tell him what to not do. Not that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take, Put out enough good records that yeah, That's right. some some goons in Atlanta have no opinion. <laughs> uh. No, no, and I, and I I'm like I'm on the fence because I as a music fan like, I'm not sure that it really matters. Um, yeah. But but looking at your label, it's something that I've always and there there are a few other labels who have been able to achieve that consistent aesthetic, and I really love it. And I do. And as who not, are they? <laughs> <laughs> name names let's put it tell me there. who's messing with us uh, I, i'd like to know really tell me who's doing it better than us right? going back I'm, to I'm going back to uh <laughs> there's nobody there's nobody guys come on there's a few second places um Thank going you. back to the felicia record um and, and specifically those, there was three tapes and, and, you know, you, you've already alluded to potentially another three coming out this fall. Thanks for using the show to, to premiere that information. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm looking back through your catalog and it seems like you have done these series in the past where there's a few tapes that have this consistency. I don't know if you're just changing your mind as a designer or if this is intentionally we're going to do this batch. What is the what is the vision behind that doing like a trilogy or a series? Right. Um, so initially it was out of necessity that, you know, we started kind of doing it systematically and, um, you know, we, we had a bunch of releases that we really wanted to get out one way or another. And, you know, we couldn't afford to put them all out on vinyl. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, roughly around 2010, 2011. 
And the whole like cassette boom wasn't really popping yet. So we were kind of, you know, excited to explore this thing that was still, you know, even for being underground, kind of fringy. Um, but, you know, we were just like, well, how are we going to knock out all these covers? We, we don't have the time or right. uh, okay. the resources, right? So, you know, and by trade, I'm a graphic designer. And um, a lot of what I, you know, appreciated in my career is building systems, you know, mm. logo systems or brand systems or whatever it may be. And it's kind of boring to talk about, but the whole point is that you're able to carry, you know, one concept or one kind of aesthetic or one kind of approach through a series of things. And through that series, it kind of creates its own energy. Right. Totally. And, and this is absolutely nothing new, of course. And I, I think one of our biggest influences when we, we started doing the cassettes, um, which, you know, it's been an influence since day one of even listening to music, but, you know, factory had, um, a, a series of cassettes that were color coded in these sort of cloth cloth boxes, mm-hmm. like these canvas boxes that all have mm. these different colors, but, you know, they, they'd be putting out, cassettes of records that they had already put out that already had their own, you know, cover art and design and all that, but they kind of, um, turn it into the system, this cassette system, this color coded system. And all they had was, you know, the, the number of the release, yeah. you know, it was mm. factory release. So it yeah. had that really iconic FAC. And then, you know, they had the artist's name and the name of the album. And it was in this really elegant, uh, I think it was like, you know, for graphic designer dorks, you know, I think it was Caslon or something like that, but <laughs> it really had this real beautiful elegance to it. It was very stoic and it was very considered, but it was also very efficient. And, and that efficiency in itself, I think is really beautiful. And so when we first started doing the cassettes, we wanted to find an efficient way of doing it and we wanted to still kind of maintain our aesthetic. And so after I think four or five of sort of that first set of releases we did on cassette we we, we, i thought it was kind of boring to go beyond that in terms of you know that number yeah Yeah, we wanted to change it off and so i think we've gotten kind of that mentality where hey we'll, we'll do about three or four cassettes with this kind of look and then you know find a way to kind of ante up and get bigger yeah you know there's some folks that never have bought our cassettes they might have only listened to those joints digitally and you know they won't fully comprehend the level of um beauty immense beauty that goes into kind of constructing these things but no you know there's multiple layers and there's a lot of craft that goes into these things and, and i think that's where um the simplicity can be a little bit lost uh, when you look at it on a website yeah. or mm. on a streaming service. But when you get this cassette and it's got like four or five die cuts in that thing and it's all these different kinds of pieces of yeah. paper and all this other shit, you know, that that that's kind of the heads that we're going for, those that can appreciate that. Absolutely. And I, I imagine there's people who are probably um, frantically ordering all three tapes in a series just because it would, <laughs> the completists in them would probably go nuts if they missed out on one. Oh, I'm yeah. glad. We're very grateful for those people. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of it, too. Just as music fans ourselves, we can fully appreciate like kind of seeing the different sets lined up and collecting them and, you know, just just being able to get that whole series. I love it. I'm sitting here on your site as we're talking, and I hope our listeners are doing the same thing. Otherwise, they won't know what we're talking about. But I think um, I just love it so much. And I, I think we've talked about this on another episode with someone else. But when you do physical, even if you just do physical, whether or not you do a, a elegant package or not, when you do physical, it is quite a homage to the um, to the music itself. And to me, it's it's paying respect to the music and saying you deserve uh, a place in the real world. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I don't know. I don't know who said that. Yeah. But anyway, um, I love the, uh, we were talking about the, uh, who, I don't, where did this idea come from? But these these uh, individual die cuts, these individual pieces, like to to the users at home, to listeners at home, I'm, I'm, I'm holding the Felicia Atkinson rec, uh, cassette, which is sold out, suckers. And it has three... Um, <laughs> three pieces that you built you put them all together and um and then it it's i mean it's so abstract it's so beautiful and i had no idea that it came like that until i ordered it and got it in the mail and pulled yeah. it out so talk to me through that process i mean that's so incredible 
Oh man, thank you. Um, no, that's great. Uh, I think again, that's another thing that's a product of necessity and kind of limitations of resources and funds and whatever else we have. And that, you know, we're 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 printing these ourselves, um, okay. and then having them cut by a printer, um, and printing them ourselves uh, on a laser printer. We, you know, we're going to get the best quality purest black, but you're not going to get good quality colors at all. And, mm. and we're not going to print out some, you know, janky colors on, on some white paper or whatever. So, um, you know, kind of piggybacking the aesthetic that we have, we really appreciate being able to create negative space and using typography to create that negative space and create this energy and feeling and rhythm and all that. And so then, you know, if it just takes really, you know, vivid colors and that contrast and kind of um, using that as as the hardworking part of the design, um, we decided, hey, let's just start using different colored paper instead of having oh to get these my printed. Gosh. You know, so, I didn't yeah, realize that was the me- the the yeah, oh, that's the secret sauce. That's so cool! <laughs> what a great idea. Well, I mean, again, it's just one of those things like, all right, we, we can't print, you know, metallic blue or whatever, but hey, we can go buy metallic blue paper. And it's so interesting how lack the of the necessity and the lack of options kind of drives the creative side. Yeah, that's. I think that's the most fun doing these. Beautiful. That we're able to kind of revisit what we've done in the past and say, hey, how can we... How can we make this even better? And, you know, not to like toot our horn, but I think we have uh, a series of releases coming that I think kind of up the ante. And I'm not really sure where we go after yeah. this, but <laughs> I mean, we say that every time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we I think, but we went. We, we think time. that. So yeah. you know, in these coming months, if you are listening to this, My, you know, keep <laughs> refreshing that website because <laughs> we're about we're going about we're going to spill it on them. So I, I love a lot of what you've done, but and and I I'm going to stop complimenting you at some point because I don't want you to get uncomfortable. But no, the, thank the, you. Uh, That's so sweet. The catch a blessing record is unbelievable and it, it yeah. has to do yeah. there's something about it it has to do with the white but you can see the blue spine a little bit and and the blue back kind of pops up and uh, and i loved the black splatter uh vinyl as well the the original one and that yeah. is such and a that, great thing that paintbrush stroke mm-hmm. if you, if yeah you that, like the actual paintbrush strokes yeah it's a cool one man yeah. I th- i'm glad you recognize that one and i think like anyone else who who does anything, they always think their like newest is their greatest, right? Or, you know, best. And like musically, Matthew is just bonkers on this record. Mm. Uh, completely playing with so many different textures and moods and kind of feeling that I feel like not many artists are able to have that dynamic quality to their sound that he has. And so recognizing that and then kind of pulling in some of those attributes into the visual design. And that's, you know, having that typography that's kind of, you know, it's, it's not, it's gridded and, you know, but it's not sterile. Mm -hmm. It's got, it's got sort of a intuitive touch to it. Um, Yeah. It's a heady playfulness, just like the music. Right. Right. Fits right in. And as you were saying, that brush stroke and all that, that's like another sort of texture and yeah. element. But, it, it, you know, it, it's not high-minded in the execution, but um, I think when it comes together, it really does have something a bit more complex. We talked a little bit about the artists, some artists pushing back a little bit, but you got to have some artists who are just over the moon with what you create for them. Mm, yeah. You want to talk about so. the ones that don't like it, though? Because <laughs> we... Those are the only ones that stick in your mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're all sweet too. Um, Who who likes this? Oh, I mean, Matt was going crazy. Oh yeah, Matt's going for sure. Matt's really into everything we do. Moses is into everything. Oh yeah, moon diagrams. Yeah, Um, and and so so was it? It was Bobby, as you say, that you were writing the pieces like on the previous moon diagrams and on on the latest one, like writing the pieces on the front and the back. Yep. Yeah. That is a really cool, I mean, especially it's, it's, it's heavier on the, um, the, the, the l- lifetime of oh. love. Like, I don't know how long ago that was. Oh, Maybe I'm sorry. No, I did not write that one. No, okay. not the lifetime of love. Okay. Do you, uh, Scott, do you want to know something cool? Yes. Do you want to know a huge little tidbit here? Please. Cause I can give it to you. Let's break it. Um, <laughs> and it might dumb it down to some extent, but, um, I, I think, so Moses had initially sent us some like mood board stuff 
And yeah. uh, he had sent a paper clipping of a newspaper from like Toronto or something like that. Mm. And it had um, a gentleman sitting in a chair with a cat on his lap. And um, at the at the very top of it, it said, whatever is on the Lifetime of Love cover, um, it's not the name of the album, but I think it says something along the lines of like, life is just the repeated, yeah. I don't know. What life, has no, life has no shape at all. Yeah, life has no shape at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, we we really thought that was you know poignant and, and kind of like you know it's cryptic and abstract. So let's let's pull that into it. But we also really like you know the the layout of the newspaper, like the actual oh, columns and all yes. that. So oh yeah, let's you know let's play with that kind of look and all that. And then um, so when like the end of it, the end of the design process came around, we had this really cool thing, but we didn't have any like actual text. Mm. to put into that text field and, and Moses being kind of like the somewhat nihilist that he is he he was just well you know let's just put Laura Mipsum in there you know it doesn't really matter <laughs> and I just thought it was like the most profound thing when he said it um and so if you look at that record and you look at the cover of it, it, it is Lorem Ipsum. No, but, wait, but, I uh, can't see it. Where would I see no, that? It's, like it's on like your website? It's like the translated version of a, uh, 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 yeah, I guess you can't find It's good that you can't find it because uh, it's not really saying much. Maybe but no, it's, it's like, it's translated Lorem Ipsum. Uh, so it's like actual sentences and phrases and all that, but it's a kind of this Lorem Ipsum oh, format. Man. So it's kind of, in a way it's nonsensical, but in a way that it inherently is what that record is in a way. It's sort of a whatever, who cares? I'm just going to do it kind of yeah. approach. And um, I, I think that reflects it really well in that regard. So. Well, and I mean, it's... I don't know if that story was as interesting as I made it out to no, be. No, sure, sure. It's and a big I think, deal to me. Well, I think we're maybe we're deep diving too much into design and we've lost a few people. That's okay. But I, I think that there's times where like text is it's not about what it says it's just how how it's aligned and how it looks and i yeah, specifically the of it, you, know? you know specifically on that record from a distance there's just something about it and i don't need to read it it's right, really cool. right. That's that's the romance of it. Yes. Yeah, you get it, man. Yeah. If anyone doesn't get it, they need to talk to you about it because you know what you're talking about. <laughs> How does the A and R process work? So you said you you've um, you contact people that you admire. Is that kind of at the place you're at? Because it's everything is so limited that you just don't yeah. have you know with your resources. Yeah, I, I think that's that's at the heart of it. I think we just really like to reach out to people who generally inspire us who we're generally fans of um that's kind of like the seed of it beyond that it's like okay maybe who would we like to hear another release from maybe someone that's been around for a while haven't heard from in a few years um it might also be a younger artist or a newer artist mm -hmm. you know maybe has one release maybe you know no releases either um you know it just kind of depends um but i think really like at, at the heart of it is we are just huge music nerds and music fans. Um, and a lot of what we do reaching out to people, if they are bigger names, I think, I think we do try to reach out a little bit bigger than we are at times. That's great. Um, and that's really, you know, inspired us, you know, infinitely just to keep going and to, to just work with a lot of these people. Um, and really just that, that reaching out for whoever we can, like that's really enabled a lot of different um, projects. So like thinking about the Halloween compilation mm -hmm. that we did last time, the second one, um, that one just snowballed so quickly, just as music fans, that was one of the most fun times we've ever had. Just trying to think of, you know, brainstorming, daydreaming, who, who, who could we possibly work with to make this this whole experience of this compilation and, you know, for that one specifically, the benefit and the charity of it all. Um, how do we make this as big and special as we can? Um, and it really just pushed ourselves, uh, pushed ourselves to reach out to people, you know, kind of ignoring that, 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 that feeling of like, well, they're probably too busy to respond <laughs> yeah. or yeah. they're too big to respond or they're not going to have enough time. Like, there's so many people that even just responded to us who who weren't involved where I'm still kind of like uh, kind of speechless by just oh, that they responded to our message saying, amazing. hey, this is a cool idea. Um, you know, keep it up, you know, but, I, you know, unfortunately, I can't be involved right now, but keep it up. Thanks for reaching out. That means, you know, the world to us as well. So mm, that's awesome. 
Let's talk a little bit about the music side of things. We've we've spent so long talking about the, the aesthetic, but that is that is cr- critical to the to the to the label from my standpoint. But I want to talk a little bit about the music because it it isn't straight ahead music, and I want to kind of know where the origins came from that, or what attracted you to that genre because it's 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 experimental, it's ambient, it's drone at sometimes, it's field recordings, um, and and it's to me it's um, it's a very interesting. Uh, area of music and I've talked a, a little bit we talked to Taylor about this 12k about how I feel like streaming is opening more people up to it because you don't have to pay more to experience some of this music but I'm I'm interested because uh, abstract art has been always something that's um people have been interested in and accepted in the world, but it's not as easily said about abstract music or mixed media recordings. Do you think the general population will eventually warm up to this style of music? Is it, is it a niche that's growing? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll always remain fairly niche. I think just what, uh, the bigger crowds, I guess what they're trying to get out of music and then sound, even though that's not even taken into their their thinking with music, um, you know, music in general. This is I, this just isn't going to be a very popular form of music. Mm. Like, um, it doesn't really cater to big crowds necessarily. Like, if there are more people at a, an ambient show or something, right. you know, that might start to hurt the overall ambiance if sure. there's like chatter or something going on. Um, but it's also, I think, you know, definitely not an exclusive kind of genre and and style of music. I think now more than ever, um, that, that area of music is very inclusive. I think more and more people are making it more and more people are connecting and collaborating and everything. Um, yeah. I think that's, I, I think as long as you've kind of, uh, emotionally respond to something, you're probably, you know, you're going to, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just, you know, if you hear it and you like it, yeah. a mm. good chance you're going to check out something similar to it, right? right? So I think that most people just haven't heard um, some of this stuff and, and it hasn't become part of their, you know, um, their atmosphere. And, and, and when it becomes part of that DNA of yours, you just always are interested in exploring the depths of what's out there, man. It's kind of weird, right? Because... You know, a wide audience can can like appreciate a Rothko, but like they they can't listen to like Stockhausen or something right. like that. Mm, and yeah, it's odd because yeah. you know, is it? But but it is you know obviously different forms of mediums and whatever. But you know, at the core of it, emotionally, I feel like you're you're drawn on the same sort of ideas and concepts and such. So maybe they just don't know it exists you know that's true yeah and that's what i kind of like about you know uh the internet and and uh the the global music scene and and with possibly even streaming is that there's this and you know and and ear earbuds as well people can explore some things without feeling judged or um having to share that with other people yeah what, what what attracted you why was it why was it something that you kind of uh uh, made part of the label? I mean, I think that's just, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about like our background and it's just always been kind of at the center of what we connected on. Even going back to the radio station days, um, sharing, you know, we would get, we would, there was like a tower records in town and that was like the one place or a couple shops in town, but like, um, this is very, very small pond in terms of like what, where you could buy music like that. Um, but like purchasing ambient CDs, you know, there, there weren't really a ton of people, at least, at least in this area doing that. Um, but then meeting each other at the radio station and kind of meeting, uh, and, and eventually co-hosting like a ambient radio show, like post rock, space rock, that whole thing. I think that's always just been at the center of Mm. what we're into um, while also acknowledging, you know, that we are into much different music, a million other different things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things like, you know, I found my tribe. Like, yeah. Oh yes. man, I'm really into this sound and this feeling and, um, this way of thinking and a perspective on living. And, and I found people like me. Right. And, you know, what you want to do is kind of, uh, as I said before, kind of give back to, 
what made you, at least from our perspective. And mm. this music is, you know, really means a lot to us. And we had like, you know, some really important moments together and independently of one another, you know, with this sort of in the periphery. So it, it has a big spot in our kind of uh, overall perspective yeah. on living. What do you know about your fan base? Are they music collectors? Are they art collectors? Have you begun hey, to learn about attractive. them? They're an attractive bunch. <laughs> They're a good-looking group of people. Um, intelligent as well. Yes, of extremely, course. Extremely, extremely yes. intelligent. Good-looking and intelligent. <laughs> and talented at everything and anything that they do. They're the best people. They're the sweetest. They're like, yeah. I mean, Scott, you've been giving us these props for like 20, 30 minutes now. And I'm going to go ahead and say that you're probably a fan. And I'm going to say that you're just a nice dude. Yeah, so there we go. I'm going to go ahead and say the rest of our fans are just nice people. But I mean, have they come to depend on, are, are they coming to you for the aesthetic? I mean, are they, are they collectors? Are they, or is it because they're, they're there for the genres as well? They're there for that, uh, that specific sound. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, because, you know, we, we, we do jump around a lot. Um, yeah, I'd say mm. what's really cool, though, is when the non, uh, not to generalize, you know, everyone that buys our music, but, you know, when you get the people who you don't really expect reach out or they email you or follow you or whatever, um, there's a couple examples. Ooh, hot shit. Oh, hot shit. Well, yeah. no, wasn't there like a hot dude? There, the one there was me. the guy on like, really? Instagram. There was like the... Isn't he like the actor dude? Oh yeah, 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 there is an actor. There's a really nice guy on Instagram who's got like all these followers, and he acts on like, um, like, not Vampire Diaries, but stuff, something like that. He's a really, okay. really great guy. I wish I remembered his name, but he reached out and said like. Oh man, I heard. Uh, what, what did he listen to? He listened to something fairly recently that really. I might have been Moon Diagrams. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, it was Moon Diagrams. It was yeah, yeah, the first Moon Diagrams, and he said, "Oh, this got me through some really tough times, and you know, like I just I, I listened to this to you know, uh, whatever drive around in my Tesla, work stuff uh, out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Wow. He's just so sweet, and we never anticipated. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Move. Movie star or TV star, or somebody like, listen, hey, but whatever, everyone's, yeah. everyone's into it. It's just it. not, yeah, it's just special. It's hot just chip, unexpected. Though. I want to talk about hot chip. Um, I don't know why they know us or, or whatever, yeah. or, but they started following us on, on Instagram. And, and yeah, you know, it's hot chip. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so every time they like something, we have this existential moment of, well, should oh. we be doing things more like this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We be doing things in the in the tone of hot chip. <laughs> All your analytics and, is just that one account. Whatever yeah, they like, whatever they look at. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny uh, talking about the music um you know i uh, the moon diagrams was thinking that today the, the latest release and that's more accessible than some of the other stuff you know definitely um the previous record it's more accessible than that um where are you on that spectrum of accessible music i mean uh, how far are you willing to go or to do some of those records if they're more musically um accessible do they do do they do better for you guys? Uh, do you have a limit where you say, okay, this is just too accessible? <laughs> I don't think, I, I feel like we, that's always been one of the things we've always forced ourselves to do is not try to think too much about like what might do better or mm -hmm. worth, mm -hmm. what, what might mm -hmm. sell. It's it's really just like, it is still very much like Farbot and, and, and my and, and everyone involved, like, it's it's very much our label. So at, at the the corner, like the cornerstone of the foundation of it, it's whatever we're really into. Um, and obviously, you know, we're not doing like straightforward like indie rock necessarily or sure. things like that. Yeah. But no, we we definitely. But I mean, that's stuff we like too. Totally. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That's the weird perception is that like somehow we're not going to go for something that might be straightforward indie rock or whatever. But if it if it you know tickles our ear that day, man, then maybe that's the record yeah. we put out, you know? Uh, you, you guys are not involved on the music side of things, like from a, from a, uh, an A&R standpoint, from a, a mixing or, or mastering. Do you, are you involved in that at all? No, not at all. I mean, we, we have a, like a small stable of folks, like mastering folks, um, and things like that. But Sean. 
Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sean McCann has done a ton of a ton of mastering of, of the recital recital label, which is great. Um, but no, we're we're really we don't we don't get involved to that that level. And even even some of the stuff that's brought to us, um, not that much, but it's it's you know production ready basically. That's great. Actually, I was in Atlanta in 2010, I think, and it was the uh, like an ice storm of some sort. It was in January or February, uh-huh. and like everything was shut down, oh, and there was maybe yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe a quarter inch of snow. Like yep. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was really everyone, funny. Like really funny. Loves clown in Atlanta about that. But here's the thing, man. <laughs> it's like a billion degrees every other day sure, here. Sure, the yeah. second you got something frozen over, we how are you supposed, I, to, do? You know how are you supposed to be prepared for yeah, that? Just hang I, out. It's cool. I was strutting around like a big cocky Canadian <laughs> in my big boots. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I moved to, we moved, my family moved to Colorado for a couple of years and it was like that first winter, it was like, oh wait, nobody stays at home. Like everyone's still uh, out and like working. This oh, is yeah. no We fun. shut it down yeah. here. Yeah, There's yeah. Lasagna is being made. Yeah. Soups, time to cook, time to yeah, hang out. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, I remember uh, when when I was there for that because they don't have salters or yeah. snow plows that they just dumped gravel downtown. They just dumped right. gravel in the yeah. streets <laughs> for traction. Is like, that we'll not clear, how you're supposed we'll to do clean that? it up later. <laughs> Wait, you <it's> salt? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's how they do it up north. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Not table salt, but you know. Anyhow, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun, and and uh, and I'm not a hundred percent sure when this will be out, but I'm thinking it'll be very soon. Um, and uh, and you guys have uh, another series of cassettes that are coming out. I'm glad you're not you haven't stopped doing cassettes. I thought you got too big for them because your last two records were oh, vinyl. No. That's. But that's uh, very much our bread and butter. Like we, we have a ton of fun doing the tapes. Like those are even more done in house. Like th- that's, that's like our sweet spot. We, it's we got, got, we've got you from here yeah. on out. Yeah. Don't even worry about <laughs> buying one of those things. We got uh, you covered. <laughs> you are going to have yourself some tapes. Oh man. You are very sweet. Um, yeah. are, are you surprised by the response? Because I wasn't sure. I didn't know this was a two man operation, but I remember when the Felicia Atkinson thing came out, it was so beautiful. I, I'd been familiar with her stuff. And then I went to buy it and it's immediately said it was sold out. Yeah. And then I found, I found it. Um, there was like another, you, you uploaded another 20 or something. And I, I caught this, the second batch, but I mean, are you surprised oh, with, cool. with, with how quickly stuff sells out or. Was I mean, it- we're not, not surprised. I mean, we're, we're pretty used to it. Like, I mean, we do get a, catch a little bit of flack by that sometimes. I mean, it's kind of that that balance of you know anticipating the I guess market demand or whatever like how many people are going to want these things while mm-hmm. also keeping it pretty limited and keeping right, it right. pretty special. Um, I think now as we work on um, you know future tapes, we do try and meet that a little bit better. Like we don't want it to be a bad time for anybody. Sure. But we also can't have like 300 copies of something just sitting around for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, and again, you know, also just highlighting that we do do all of that assembling here and mailing and everything like, yeah, you know, it's not like we don't love doing it. Like I would do it every day, every night, but we also want to move on to other projects and things. So we're kind of, you know, caught in between both sides there. Mm-hmm. But I've got I've got another secret, Scott. <laughs> so um, the way we like doing it, you know, those those tapes, these records, they come out on the Friday, right? And so if you have bought something from us from Bandcamp prior, um, we like to flip on that new release Thursday night. Roughly oh. around eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time, oh. and we don't announce it. We just let that thing sit out in the wild. Yeah, I think a band camp sends or, out an email. Yeah, and I mean, people. Yeah, people might be on vacation or whatever, but we try and give a little. That bit is of very a, sweet of you. But heads up, yeah. Thursday nights at eleven ish. If you're not doing anything, check eleven your email. Eastern. Tune in. Tune into your email. Yeah. Um, there could be an email from Bandcamp telling you a cassette tape is coming out. Yes, that's smart. I have got those. I I think I got those just uh, last week when you did the repress uh, or two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is, okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so if you wake up Friday morning like the rest of the schmucks out there, 
<laughs> you right? could be out of luck. Here's the thing, man. I don't get to tell this to anyone ever. These are like the little like <laughs> secrets yes. that we have that have lived inside of us for years, and now we're finally, you know, exposing the truth. And so I'm, I'm just going to tell you how it is. <laughs> well, this That's is the. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. This is the director's commentary. I mean, listen, like I'm obsessed with the label. So for me, this is just the back end. But I I think for other people too, I mean, that's a kind of a cool tip. That's a great tip because not every label. um, Oh, shoot. Hold on a sec. Okay, we're good. Um, Not every label is going to have a sellout, but there is something cool about saying, hey, listen, before you go to bed to the people who have supported us in the the past, you can have a first dibs um, or you can even listen to it um, before everyone else. I think that's that's pretty cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. This has been fun. Um, I just I I love your label so much. And thank you so much for doing this show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And one more time, check out geographic-north.com and follow them on Bandcamp at geographicnorth.bandcamp.com. I got a little email from Bobby a couple days after we recorded this, and he let me know that something is happening on September 6th. That's just this Friday if you're listening live in real time. Um, And uh, I think there's going to be something cool coming out for them. So that's a little hot tip. Um, And uh, so make sure you're following them on bandcamp.com sorry, geographicnorth.bandcamp.com because I think something will probably drop the day before that Friday based on what Farbot said. So check it out. Please share this podcast with some friends, connect with me, uh, leave a review on iTunes. And I think if you are in the process of diving into some of these episodes and trying to glean some of this wisdom from these incredible folks and the cool things and cool tips that they share, Visit otherrecordlabels.com and there's a free guide for you to download. Just got to sign up, grab this PDF booklet that has a bunch of quotes and some articles that were specially written by these labels for this booklet. I think this free guide will be really helpful for some of you. Um, So go to otherrecordlabels.com to check it out. Thanks so much for listening.